Houston and Kansas, the top two teams in the AP poll, both lost at home this weekend. Who's the new number one? Andy Patton, is it Purdue or is it the Alabama Crimson Tide? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoops show out there. This is Andy Patton. I'm Isaac Shade. We are your co-hosts. We want to thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up on today's show, we got to get you caught up on a whole other, another crazy weekend college basketball all sorts of great stuff happening around the country including Andy Patton three of the AP top five falling this weekend we're going to talk about each one of those but we're going to start in the big 12 and part of it is because everyone's paying attention to that top four in the big 12 that played each other earlier in the week Kansas K-State wow Texas Mm -hmm. and recently Iowa State but lest ye forget my friends the TCU Horn Frogs still uh, trying to find their way up off the mat after the college football season. Texas Christian University goes to Fog Allen Fieldhouse this weekend and obliterates Bill Self's Kansas Jayhawks 83-60. to Andy, this is a great game to be able to start with because there's good stuff to be able to talk about with both teams. Both the number two team in the nation losing at home and this TCU think, team that's a little bit of an afterthought in the best conference in all of college basketball. Where do you want to go with it? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. TCU kind of started the year out pretty rough. They had some injuries really early in the season. And there was kind of some like, are they actually as good as their preseason ranking? Is this a team that's legitimately going to compete in the Big 12? Because you can be a really good team and not finish in the top three, in the top five, in the top half of the Big 12 pretty easily. That's just how absolutely, I was going to say top heavy, but it, it's not even top heavy. It's just a straight up top to bottom. It's just heavy. Dominant basketball (laughs) confidence. What I loved about this game uh, between TCU and Kansas here, whenever you see a a victory like this, a a blowout, unexpected result, you usually see somebody stepped up in a way that you wouldn't have expected. And and for this game, it was Shahada Wells, backup guard for TCU, a guy who's, Isaac, this guy's averaging five points per game last year. He only played a handful of games. He only averaged two points per game last year, five points per game this year. He goes into Fog Allen Fieldhouse, comes off the bench in 21 minutes, 17 points on seven of eight shooting three of four from deep it's always somebody like that a guy you're not expecting is going to step up and have a monster night uh this is a really nice victory for the horned frogs uh team that kind of needed some some juice needed some energy they'd lost three out of four coming into this game uh again iowa state and texas two very legitimate losses totally understandable to lose those two games other loss was to west virginia Again, not not a terrible loss necessarily among the worst losses you can have in the Big 12, but this is the Big 12. So, you know, I think this this loss, it says something about Kansas. Certainly we could talk about that, but I think it also just shows how tough the Big 12 is and, and really in a lot of ways that this TCU team is not a team that's just going to go quietly in the night. They're a very, very good basketball team. And they're going to come out there and they're going to they're going to play some competitive basketball for the rest of the year without a doubt. 
Yeah, I mean, we we talk about how uh, how heavy the Big Twelve is top to bottom. We we've looked earlier in the season at how every team was like the top forty or the top fifty. Mm-hmm. At this point, we have five teams in the Big Twelve all in the top twenty at Ken Palm. Kansas at nine, Texas at ten, Iowa State at twelve, mm-hmm. Baylor at fourteen, and TCU at eighteen. Yeah, all. Uh, what like what on earth? I mean, it's just insane to try to figure out. So you you gave us the TCU side of things. Let's look at the Kansas side mm-hmm. of things. We're gonna get to our top fives in a little bit here, folks. We got to unpack these three top three losses. But on the Kansas side of it, I'm not gonna move them down too far, Andy. And mm-hmm. here's why: they've still only got three losses: Purdue, Alabama, mm-hmm. K State. Those are the only teams that have fewer amongst power five schools. Mm-hmm. More importantly, only two schools in the nation have seven quad one victories this season, yep. Purdue and Kansas Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. So th- there's no point. Let's not overreact, even though they've now lost back to back games. We see teams hit a skid like this all the time. Now, when we get to our top fives, you're going to hear me not keep Kansas in my top five, and I haven't even looked ahead at yours yet because I did. I wanted to be surprised, but I am definitely keeping Kansas in my top ten because when I when I look at this, I'm looking at other teams around the nation, and we've got so much parity at the top. Like who would who all would you want ahead of Kansas? Here's some possibilities: Houston, Alabama, Purdue, UCLA, Tennessee, Kansas State, Arizona, Virginia, Texas. That that's nine, and you put Kansas in there with them. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Kansas over multiple of those teams, yes. meaning that for me, Kansas is very much still a top two seed if the NCAA tournament started today. Absolutely. I'd point out before we move on to talking about the other big loss, uh, the Houston Cougars, we'll talk about them in a second, but I would want to point out real quick, Kansas last year, they lost to Kentucky. I believe it was by 25 points, something in that range was a 20 plus point loss to Kentucky. Do you know how Kansas responded to that game? How did they respond? The dang national championship. (laughs) Bill Self's team is not going to lay down. They're not going to roll over. Uh, This is a tough loss. Again, a 23 point loss, but yeah, the Jayhawks are going to be fine. Yes, they will be. Well, I wanna, go ahead. Well, here's the other thing. We thought, oh, that, that's all the big stuff happened on Saturday. But then we get to Sunday, and it's kind of a, honestly, Andy, a yawner of a slate yeah. until we look up mid-Sunday afternoon, and, and the number one team in the nation is in serious trouble, also at home, just like Kansas, against Temple. Houston is struggling with Temple. If you're Houston, you just cannot struggle mm-hmm. with Temple, Andy Patton. Why? Because it's the whole Gonzaga effect yeah. of this thing where the majority of the country assumes, oh, you play in the AAC or in Gonzaga's case, the WCC. Mm-hmm. And so you just should boat race every team you play always, especially when you're playing at home. But that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. For Houston, they had a nice comeback. They were down 55 48 with six and a half minutes left in the game. And Temple did not score another field goal, had one more point, and it came from the free throw line. So, listen, great comeback from Houston. Seven straight points to tie it up at 55. And they had some looks, man. They had some looks right at the end. Jamal Shedd, uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, Jamal Shedd got blocked at the rim. And then they had a nice blob play, baseline out of bounds play to get the ball to Tremont Mark right at the rim as time expired. And he just could not put it home. Andy, for you, somebody who talks about the, the Gonzaga-ification of this a lot, what, what do you think will happen as we see the new AP poll roll out this week with Houston? 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Houston gets treated in part because I think Gonzaga has helped buck this trend in a lot of ways. Early in Gonzaga's tenure, when they were a legitimate Cinderella team still, and, and a lot of people like to think about Gonzaga as being a Cinderella in 1999 and then some dominant force for like 20 years, and that's not what it has been for Gonzaga. Gonzaga wasn't really like a, a, a realistic candidate to win a national championship until something like 20. 15 2016 when they obviously went to the national championship against uh some team from the east coast that i can't recall right now um but but i think gonzaga has helped kind of and, and the the rise of analytics of course certainly with ken palm and torvik and and the net rankings to an extent and how we use those numbers have kind of helped more casual college basketball fans start to understand this but there's still a lot of people out there who will see that uh, Houston lost to Temple or will see that Gonzaga lost to LMU last week even though LMU and Temple are both comparable teams I think right now as as we're recording this LMU's 94th in Ken Palm Temple's 113th so they're both fine teams not, not as good as Gonzaga or Houston not teams that either of those teams should lose to not teams that Big 12 teams are even capable of losing to in conference play because their whole conference is ranked higher than that uh, in the Ken Palm rankings but still fine quality teams and I my hope for Houston is that we, we don't see this fall as far as it might have happened to Gonzaga if they had suffered this loss three years, five years, six years ago. I, I think that we're starting to kind of come out of it a little bit, but it'll be interesting. Houston's been playing with fire a little bit. They've had a couple of really close games in conference play. And, you know, you score 55 points against a, a an okay team like Temple. Like, that's not going to get it done. Like, you have to do more. This was, I mean as much as I'm trying to defend Houston saying they shouldn't fall that far. And I believe that they also played really bad in this game. <laughs> it's a 34% from the field. I think they shot barely over 50% from the free throw line. Like they had an ugly, ugly offensive game. And if that, if anything's going to kill Kelvin Sampson's squad this year, it is that they are susceptible to having performances like this, but I don't think they should move down too far. I only moved them down a handful of spots. I know we'll get to that a little later, but yeah, it's, it's, when Kansas loses to a team like TCU, even when they get blown out, it's looked upon more favorably than when Houston loses a team to a team like Temple, even though uh, one ball bouncing off the rim a little bit differently and the results entirely different. Yes, sir. Well, w with the Houston side of things, I think you're right that there are going to be AP voters who move them down further than they should mm -hmm. simply because of the AAC-ness of the whole thing. Well, and then I guess the question kind of becomes, what do we do? What do we do with all these teams? How are we going to rank everybody here? How far should Houston fall? How far should Kansas fall? Three of the top five teams lost this weekend. We've talked about two of them. We're going to talk about the UCLA Bruins next. But first, today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. You can identify those candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. If you want to achieve your business goals in 2023 and hiring the right team member is going to help you do exactly that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Isaac, we had three top five teams lose over the weekend. We talked about Kansas and their loss to TCU. We talked about Houston and their narrow loss to Temple and what that might mean for them. The other team was the UCLA Bruins. Mick Cronin's squad has been on an absolute roll through the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is a conference famously known for cannibalizing themselves and having not-so-good teams beat good teams, and Arizona has fallen victim to that. They lost their opening game to Utah. They also lost to Washington State. That has kind of curtailed some of the momentum around Tommy Lloyd's squad. But you know the best way to get that momentum back? Go out and beat the best team in the conference. And that's what they did, 58-52. It was a low-scoring, grinded-out affair. And now UCLA, again, they were fifth coming into this game. Arizona was 11th. That's not a bad loss. It's not a bad loss. There's some concerns about Mick Cronin's squad, certainly, and seeing them only put up 52 points in this game, even against a solid Arizona team, is is a bit concerning. But at the end of the day, you know, you look at the other two losses that those top two teams take, I, you're going to take this one. This is far and away the best loss out of that group, at least in my mind. I'm curious what you think. Yes, sir. I agree with you for for the Arizona side of it. They came into the Arizona, uh, excuse me, hosting the L.A. schools there in Arizona, having lost two of three, as you just referenced to Wazoo and then to Oregon as well. And so they really, really needed one, if not both of these wins. And they went out and got it. This win is more important for Arizona clearly than it would have been for UCLA. UCLA is going to come out of this fine. We talked last week on the show, Leaf Tulin and I did about which of the four schools of the two Arizona and two LA schools needed uh, or would come out of this weekend looking the best. Mm -hmm. And it's UCLA because of just their, their ample lead in the, in the conference, Mm -hmm. but it's Arizona that serves themselves the best this weekend and puts themselves in the best best shape, did the most for themselves. Because when we look at the Pac-12 race, Andy, let's imagine a different world where UCLA had won this game, right? Mm -hmm. Had they done so, the Bruins would be 9-0 in the conference. Arizona would be 5-4 in the Pac-12. In that scenario, UCLA has a three-game conference lead over Utah, USC, Arizona State. Instead, though, because Arizona gets that win, UCLA's lead is only now two over those schools and Arizona. Now, mm-hmm. I think I think UCLA is going to still walk away with this thing and mm-hmm. laugh at everybody along the way, but it is no longer the runaway that it could have been. So Arizona not only got themselves a big win, but for me changed the tenor of the Pac-12 race. Because one of the things I've talked about multiple times now, and Andy, we've talked about it on the show, is Pac-12 this year is not going to be won between Arizona and UCLA in their head-to-heads. Yeah, It's going to be won by what they do against the other 10 right, schools. Right. To wit, at this point when we're recording, UCLA is 8-0 and against the other schools. Arizona is 5-3, and and that's why the Bruins have the lead they do. Unquestionably, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that's going on with, uh, with UCLA right now is just taking care of business. They're taking care of business. You lost to Arizona. You can stomach that, but they're taking care of business against Wazoo, against Utah, against teams that Arizona, quite frankly, not taking care of business against. 
One of the craziest things about this week, we talked about three out of five of the top three of the top five teams, excuse me, losing six of the top 10 teams lost this last week as well. It's been a, a, a week of a lot of turnover. Uh, Isaac, as you and I start to look at our top fives here for this week. Yes, here we go. It was a little bit harder to do with so many top teams losing. Uh, we Obviously, we talked about Houston losing. We talked about Kansas losing. Purdue and Alabama, they did not take any losses. UCLA, of course, we already covered them. Uh, going down the list again, Gonzaga lost to LMU. That was a, that was a tough one for the Zags. Texas uh, lost on Tuesday to Iowa State. Xavier lost at DePaul. That was a tough one for the Musketeers. And then Tennessee and Virginia rounding out the top 10. They didn't suffer any losses. So I want to take a look at where my top 10 is and kind of how we were able, or top five, excuse me, how we were able to move some of those teams around. Uh, and I'm, I'm staying put with the Alabama Crimson Tide as the number one team in the nation. It is very close for me between Alabama and Purdue. Purdue is, of course, who I have at number two. Very close. I hemmed and I hawed and I wrote it a different way and then I changed my mind and I wrote it a different way again. Purdue went into Tom Izzo's house and won last week. That is hard to do. That is a difficult victory for them to pick up. But Alabama didn't have a bad week either. They took care of business against the teams they needed to take care of business. Uh, they beat Mizzou badly. They're just rolling right now. They're absolutely rolling. So for me, I'm still leaning Crimson Tide over Purdue, but it's very, very close. Uh, this is where I had Houston bump them down to number three again. I think a lot of people out there are probably going to move them down quite a bit further, whether it's on their fictional ballots, whether it's on real ballots for some of the, the AP voters out there who, who may – not respect the conference as much as, as maybe some other people do. But for me, Houston's still a top three team in the country. And then for me, I move Virginia all the way up to four. Virginia has been really solid this year. Uh, they, they don't really have any terrible losses. Uh, they didn't take any L's last week. Uh, I, I'm having them all the way up at number four. I think we're, we're going to have another ACC team back here in the top five, despite the fact that the ACC has been a, a bit of a confusing mess to say the least uh this season and then as you kind of alluded to it's hard to bump kansas all the way out of the top five uh so i have kansas holding steady at number five uh, with ucla kansas state texas tennessee and even arizona after picking up their win they're kind of all right in that conversation for the rest of the top 10 uh, and kind of in the conversation for top five I've got the exact same 10. I've just got them in a different order. Outside of Andy, we are aligned on our top three. Last week, if I remember correctly, our entire top five was identical to one another. I am with you. I think Alabama has done enough for me to warrant continuing to stay above Purdue. Now, if one of them does something different, cool. We can talk about it. But for me, there was no reason to flip them from what I already had. Plus... Bama is doing to teams right now what UConn did earlier this season. Eight-game winning streak since they lost to Gonzaga, every one of them by double digits. I love what the Crimson Tide are, are doing. Purdue has looked a little more vulnerable to me, and, mm -hmm. and we're, we're nitpicking here, but you got to if we're talking these two great teams mm -hmm. at the top. I did the same thing. Houston's at third for me. And then I rewarded Kansas State just because it's so cool. We'll talk more about them in a little bit. But I'm putting the Wildcats all the way up at number four. And then despite their loss, I've got UCLA at five. Following that is that same group, just a couple mm -hmm. different teams. Tennessee, Texas, Kansas. I moved mm -hmm. them down to about eight-ish is where I think I would have them, mm -hmm. along with Arizona and Virginia, all in that six to ten range. I didn't specifically rank them. Mm -hmm. But – Boy, Andy, so many teams capable of winning this whole blessed thing. That's mm -hmm. part of what's making this year incredible in college basketball. 
Well, it's time for quick hitters now as we wrap up every Monday show with several ACC and SEC things to get to, plus more movement on the all-time Division I scoring list. But we've got some Big 12 updates first. Yes, Andy, I just said a second ago that I wanted to say more about K-State. Texas Tech comes into into Manhattan, the Little Apple, on Saturday. This game itself, whatever, yawn, 68-58 Kansas State. Texas Tech still winless in Big 12 play. But here's why I want to mention it. With the Wildcats win, plus Iowa State lost at Oklahoma State. Again, it's the Big 12. And the Kansas loss we already talked about. Here's what it means. You ready, folks? The team picked dead last in the Big 12 preseason poll now has sole possession of first place in the conference. And we're not talking about just two or three games in, right? We're way far into conference play. And we're not just talking about some rando conference. This is the best conference in all of college basketball. And the team picked dead last is leading this thing. That is a story that is worth talking about all day long. The next game that we wanted to talk about here is another is an ACC matchup, a fun ACC matchup. We thought there might be a upset here. It's a little bit unique to call this game an upset. That is Miami at Duke. Uh, Miami was ranked 17th coming into the game. Duke, of course, unranked in a surprising kind of turn of events for the Blue Devils, having some some struggles with some of their freshmen. Jeremy Roach had been hurt for a long time. But guess what? Duke pulls out a really nice victory at Cameron Indoor in part because Jeremy Roach came back. Uh, Roach has been a kind of a polarizing player in Duke's history for a lot of uh, reasons, but you know what? He was the reason that Duke won this game, without a doubt. He played fantastic off the bench, uh, really kind of helped helped against uh, Miami's guards. Uh, Isaiah Wong had a really bad game here. He had seven points on two of eight shooting. Uh, Roach comes off the bench again, 27 minutes, 14 points for him. Kyle Filipowski had a another double-double because that's what he does, 17 points and 14 rebounds for him. As uh, good I guess for those of you out there who love the Duke Blue Devils, good to see them get a victory here. Uh, Canes had a lot of opportunities to win this one and just couldn't close the door uh, at the end of the game, and the Blue Devils came away with a victory. Yes, they did. Sticking around in the ACC, Virginia Tech, who unfortunately for them is much better than their like one in six, one in seven conference record would suggest, comes into Clemson. On Saturday, Clemson, number 19 in the nation, leading the ACC with just one conference loss. And Clemson is just able to barely hang on to this victory, 51 to 50. And for Clemson, they have to do this if they want to keep maintaining respect in the eyes of any voters because this is the team, and we talked about them last week, who people are very anxious to downvote and get out of there now for Clemson Chase Hunter misses the game he's their second leading scorer mm-hmm. Alex Hemingway who's been out continues to be out and so you know there's that side of it for Clemson but I I'm still not sold on mm-hmm. the Tigers as holding on to this thing the whole way give me Virginia we, we've talked about them mm-hmm. and where we believe them to be yeah. I think when when all is said and done the Cavs will be standing atop the ACC Next game I want to talk about here is Texas A&M at Kentucky. John Calipari's squad held steady at home, pulled out a victory, 76-67. Uh, the big thing that's going on with Coach Kyle's team is we've seen them make an adjustment to the starting lineup, starting Cason Wallace over the veteran guard, Severe Wheeler, Severe Wheeler, excuse me, was because of an injury, has now happened three straight games, and quite honestly, 
they're a better team because of it. It is, it's clear from the eye test It's clear from the analytics. I know Evan Mia does some uh, rankings of teams lineups and clearly, clearly uh, it looks like Kentucky is a better basketball team when they have case and Wallace in the game. That was the case in this game. They're three and zero since they made the change to the starting lineup. Uh, obviously this is a team that has had some very good highs this year, including the win over Tennessee, some tremendous lows as well. It seems like Cal squad starting to figure it out and maybe it took an injury for the adjustment to happen, but maybe that's a bit of a blessing in disguise as this team looks like they're in fairly good shape heading into February. We move now to the ACC where, or move back to the ACC, I should say, where NC State visited North Carolina, one of those bitter rivalries on Tobacco Road. North Carolina comes out with an 80 to 69 victory, but this is notable this game for two reasons. The ACC's leading scorer and probable lottery pick, Terquavion Smith, takes a hard fall after a foul from Leaky Black in transition. Leaky Black was actually assessed a flagrant two and ejected from this game. Many people are, I've seen lots of debates, Andy. People are big mad trying to figure out who was wronged here. Is it the Wolfpack uh, or was it North Carolina? Who knows? Anyway, he leaves this game with nine and change Left North Carolina was in control already, but this certainly did not help the Wolfpack's case in coming back. Thankfully, reports are that Terquavion Smith is good. He was carted off the court on a stretcher, and apparently all is good because he was out clubbing on Saturday night, and there are pictures floating around Twitter if you want to see it. As for the North Carolina side of it, the reason we bring it up on theirs is Armando Baycott, ACC preseason player of the year, set two career North Carolina records in this game, passing the great Tyler Hansborough to become North Carolina's all-time rebounding leader with 1,221 at this point. Uh, Also moves into eighth place on the ACC list and moves into first place in Carolina history for career double-doubles with 61, passing Billy Cunningham, nicknamed the (laughs) Kangaroo Kid. Well, we go to the SEC now where Auburn went on the road at South Carolina and pulled out a victory. Look, the Gamecocks, not a great team. Auburn has not been a good team on the road, though, so it's nice to see them go out and pick up a victory there. Five straight wins for them. Three of the last four have been away games. So, again, as a team that struggled really early in the season on the road, they have now started to look much better under Bruce Pearl. They're now 16-3 and three on the season, 6-1 and one in conference play. Ken Palm loves this team. They've loved them all year long. They've had them consistently – Around the top 20, top 25, they're 17th right now. Uh, Defense is 11th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Again, at Ken Palm, a calling card for Bruce Pearl's squad. However, as much as Auburn looks like, you know, they got some of the same momentum they had last year when they were obviously very, very good with Walker Kessler and Javari Smith, but... I'm not sure I know what to make of this team yet. They haven't played Alabama. That's a huge, huge, huge matchup for them. They haven't played Tennessee, obviously a fantastic matchup, and they haven't played Kentucky. So we're looking at an Auburn team that has more or less feasted on the bottom half of the SEC. I think they're a good team. I'm not sure that they're a great team, but we're going to learn a lot more about this team when they take on a couple of those uh, marquee SEC opponents in the next couple of weeks. Yes, absolutely. That. The closing gauntlet for Auburn, Andy, their final three regular season games at Kentucky, at Alabama versus Tennessee. Yikes. That is a way to end the regular season, and we will certainly know a ton about the Tigers by them, War Eagle. 
Antoine Davis. We talked about him on last week's show from Detroit Mercy. Moved up last week into third place on the NCAA's career scoring list. This weekend, we talked about they played Uwe Pooey, the Jaguars out of Indianapolis. Our guy Antoine Davis drops 42 in this game, Andy. 8 of 18 from 3. So now he is only behind Pistol Pete Maravich, who he ain't catching him. Ain't nobody catching this dude. Antoine Davis, second on the list, 3,274 career points. Well done, Mr. Antoine Davis. Now, the final game we want to talk about here is Charleston. Charleston's win streak is now up to 20. They beat Northeastern 87 to 61. They are 21-1 and one right now. A fantastic run for this squad. Uh, only loss was a 102-86 loss to North Carolina. Not a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination for any team. Certainly not a bad loss for a mid-major team like Charleston. It's been fantastic to see this team continue to go on this run. They have nine regular season games remaining. They are favored in every single one of this, these games, so we could see a 30-win season from Charleston. A fantastic season from them. Uh, and that that's going to do it for us today, Isaac. That is a fantastic way to end our show. Love talking mid-major basketball. Uh, for those of you out there, if you want to like, subscribe, check out the show wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked On College Basketball, hit that big red subscribe button. Uh, until next time, peace out. Peace.